0: Welcome to Citizen Science, stories of science we can do together, brought to you by SciStarter. In this episode, we'll learn how a 15-minute canine personality survey can help scientists studying genetics, behavior, and health for both pets and their humans. Is your dog particularly friendly, anxious, vigilant, playful? Grumpy, happy, sleepy, bashful, sneezy, or dopey? Well, you can find out by completing the Seabark Survey from the University of Pennsylvania. Seabark is a 100-item questionnaire you fill out for your dog. The data will be added to an enormous data set used in research studies not only on dog behavior genetics and health, but on human health and genetics, too. And you'll get feedback about your own dog and how it compares with thousands of others regarding a variety of traits. James Serple is Emeritus Professor of Animal Welfare at the University of Pennsylvania and started Seabark 20 years ago. Seabark
1: stands for Canine Behavioral Assessment and Research Questionnaire. And uh, so the, the K in the Seabark is a Q rather than a K. Um, and it was originally developed a long time ago, way back in the early 2000s, as a sort of research tool, really, a tool for, to enable me to study the prevalence of behavior problems in the pet dog population and we now have close to a 100,000 wow. um, records of dogs, mostly pet dogs, but we also have um, well over 50,000 working dogs as well. Um, these would be mostly assistance dogs, so like guide dogs, service dogs, those types of dogs and um, ad- additionally some um, other types of working dogs like uh, odor detection dogs and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of dogs, and uh, <laughs> they've all been evaluated using this one instrument, um, yeah. uh, which we took some trouble sort of validating and making sure it actually measures what it's supposed to measure.
0: And what sorts of questions are you asking?
1: It covers the gamut. There are 100, 100 questions oh. in the the full version of the CBAR. We also have a sort of mini version for uh, researchers mainly and for shelters to use, but... Um, they're all questions about how the dog reacts to kind of common events and stimuli in its in its sort of home environment, typically. So it might be, you know, what the dog does when the doorbell rings or something like that. And um, the owner has to score the dog on a series of little rating scales, five-point rating scales, which are usually, you know, range from zero. In other words, the dog knows, shows no reaction to uh, four, which would be, um, the maximum possible reaction, mm-hmm. um, and those reactions could be aggressive, they could be fearful, they could be just excitable, they could be, um, for example, uh, we have some questions about how dogs react to being separated from their owners, so we're asking about how, what sort of things the dog does when it's left at home alone, mm-hmm. and um, that might be sort of severe destructiveness, in other words, the dog might <laughs> bite holes in the front door, that type of thing. Um, or rip up the family couch, uh, sort of common kinds of things that dogs do when they're very upset. Mm-hmm. And um, so it really covers a very wide range of different types of behavior, but with a ma- mainly with a focus on what people kind of generally refer to as behavior problems. In other words, aspects of dog behavior that uh, people don't, you know, people find inconvenient or, or difficult. To deal with.
0: And then you relate that to the to the breed or to the... What are the, the, um, the things that you relate those behaviors to?
1: We uh, can relate it to aspects of the environment in which the dog lives. Mm-hmm. And we can relate it to uh, sort of intrinsic things about the dog. In other words, its breed or its sex or whether it's uh, neutered or intact, these kinds of things. And um, there's been... <laughs> A very large amount of published research now that has used this instrument to measure behavior in dogs. And uh, I think we're up to around uh, 150 published studies um, from all over the world.
0: One really fascinating study appeared this year in the journal Cell. Researchers combined sea bark data from 47,000 purebred dogs with a database of genetic data and found that there are ten basic dog lineages, or types, based on particular behaviors and abilities. For example, retrievers are genetically distinct from pointing dogs, and they are both distinct from herding dogs. The study found these and seven other distinct lineages that go back thousands of years and say more about dog behaviors and abilities than traditional concepts of breed. Another study looked at two very different conditions that seem to be connected in both people and dogs, hip mobility and anxiety. Doctors have long noted that people with conditions that make their leg bones prone to become displaced or hyperextended from their hips are more likely to have anxiety disorders and some types of phobias. A new study found that dogs with similar hip issues are also prone to anxiety and related behavioral disorders. The researchers also identified a single area on a chromosome that could play a role in both bone connections and brain chemistry. That finding could help researchers develop new treatments for both canines and people. So right now you're probably saying to yourself, how do I and my dog get involved in this? Unless you have a cat and no dog. In which case, stand by, there's a survey for you too. Or if you don't have a cat or a dog, you're probably saying to yourself, "Wow, how can I get my friends who have dogs or cats involved?" Well, Serple says it's as easy as going to the SeaBark website and adding your name and email address.
1: And then you click on a button that says, "Okay, you can enter a new dog." And you go in there. You tell us some background information about your dog: its its age, its sex, its breed, or what you think its breed is, um, and uh, various other bits and pieces of background information, and then when you fill that in, you click on a button and it takes you to the survey, which then is, it like I said, 100 questions. Uh, it doesn't take that long. It's 100 sounds like a lot, but you can whistle through it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think about it very much. Mm-hmm. And then um, at the end, you submit that information, and uh, then you can go and look at how your dog performed, as it were, relative to all the other dogs in our database and it'll give you a little bar chart that will show you and you can save that bar chart or download it or whatever you want to do with it
0: uh-huh. cool and now i understand you're also doing cats now um yeah fee-bark. we have a thing
1: called the fee bark the feline behavioral assessment research question right which is um still it's still i'd say in development but it's out there it's online and we're collecting data on cats we're For some reason, it's much slower getting data on cats. Cat owners don't seem to be as interested in seeing how well their cat does relative to other cats. Um, but um, slowly but surely, the numbers are increasing. But we don't have anything like the numbers of cats we have, as we do of dogs.
0: And are there differences? I know we don't have, we don't, well, I guess we sort of do have work cats because they, uh, they catch mice and things. Um, are there uh, breed differences that are already being teased out in their behaviors?
1: There are, yes. So um, if you look at things like uh, activity, some breeds are far more active than others. Uh, I think top of the top of the tree at the moment is the Bengal cat which is extremely active and shows very high levels of predation um, on wildlife <laughs> which okay. is not not necessarily a good thing right. and um, the uh, you know other cats at the opposite end of the spectrum would be something like the Persians and Angora cats which are very inactive and tend to lie around most of the day and not do much mm-hmm. um, and then there are Cats that vary in terms of how sociable they are, cats that vary in terms of how aggressive they are towards other cats living in the same household, uh, that sort of thing, or towards their owners. Some cats are quite aggressive towards their owners. Right. Uh,
0: yeah, so. independent cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, is there anything coming up uh, that people should look for? Are there any new, new things at SeaBark? I know it's been around for a long time. It's probably
1: No, we're constantly trying to refine it and improve it and kind of give, make the experience for the user better. Uh, but we're on a bit of a shoestring in terms of uh, budget. So there's a limit to how many sort of bells and whistles we can add to the website. But uh, we, we're constantly kind of tinkering with it to try and make it better.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. All right. Well, thanks so much for, uh, for sharing with us. You're, you're, you're very welcome. Now, before we wrap up our Dog Days of Summer podcast, we would be remiss if we didn't point out another great dog project, Darwin's Ark. In addition to filling out a short survey, with Darwin's Ark, you get a kit that lets you submit a saliva sample from your dog for DNA analysis. Darwin's Ark provides the genetic information that's so important in canine research. Now, you can participate for free in the DNA collection part of the project, but you'll have to wait a while, because they're sending out free kits only as grant funds become available. Or, you can pay $149 and get your kit right away. We have links for both Seabark and Darwin's Ark in the information section of this podcast. Well, that's all we have for you this time. I'm Bob Hershon. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is brought to you each month by SciStarter, where you will find thousands of citizen science projects, events, and tools. It's all at SciStarter.org. That's S-C-I-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.org. O-R-G. If you have any ideas you want to share with us, any things you want to hear on the podcast, just get in touch with us at info at Once again, our email address is info at scistarter.org. Thanks.